Hey guys, welcome back to the Ducks and Dogs podcast. My name is Mike here with my co-host Matt. We are now entering into week three. And before we get started on the episode, I just want to give a pre-warning. I live in Florida. My AC went out. So we have a window unit in and fans blown into the hallway. So you may hear people in the background because my, my door is not closed as it normally would be. So there may be a little additional background noise. And I'll try and do whatever I can to get rid of that in post-editing. It's tough out here, man. I feel that in <laughs> South Dakota right now. It's humid as crap. So, <laughs> so we're going to start this off with obvious, obvious questions for both of us, which these aren't, these aren't, the, these aren't the hard ones. Cause that'll say for the end, cause that'll be the whole long tangents. Yeah. Ex- expectations versus Arkansas state for you. Well, for me, just hopping into that matchup, that's obviously a game at the beginning of the season as a Husky fan that you look at and say, well, you know, Arkansas State could prove to be kind of a sleeper, you know, like could provide some challenges for us, but a game that UW should pretty easily be able to handle. But considering the start that the Huskies have had to the season, this is kind of a make or break game for this coaching staff, at least I hope so, because I don't know if you've seen like the ticket prices for these games, like there's a screenshot of tickets in the like first, like, you know, closest to the field, that little section of seats and stuff like 40 bucks uh, for tickets. And you're looking at like five, $6 for like the, the nosebleeds and stuff, which that's not typical. So, you know, long story short, the uh, decisions of the administration and people being unhappy with the coaching staff is affecting the pockets of those people. Um, so that's one thing to consider. Also, Arkansas State brings a challenge in a very powerful offense, very explosive offense. Um, I don't think something our defense, uh, it's something that our defense can't handle. I think they totally can. But if the Washington offense can't can't go toe-to-toe with them, it'll only be a matter of time before that defense cracks. So, Regarding uh, uh, ticket prices, Oregon has a similar issue right now. They're not really selling tickets to this game against Stony Brook. But... Mm-hmm. It's against Stony Brook. Uh, it's supposed to downpour. Like you're supposed to get, they're supposed to get one to two inches of rain during the game. <laughs> so, I I don't think people should be overly panicking over. Oh no, no. attendance is going to be terrible. There's going to be nobody at this Oregon game. I love mm-hmm. my ducks, and I'm not going to that game if I have the opportunity. <laughs> like, I'm not going to sit in a downpour while we spank Stony Brook. Like Stony Brook would struggle with modern day probably. Like I'm not going to go watch that game. <laughs> Yeah. It's like it's not gonna happen now. Now the next week, Arizona. If it's not raining, I'd go to that game. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. conference play is a little more interesting. Even sure. though Arizona might be Stony Brook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we we're gonna dive into the uh, the tough topics for the bo- both of us. Well, first, first, Mike, I think we should address something. I think you have some apologizing to do <laughs> for the starting quarterback of the Oregon Ducks. Anthony Brown, man. Now I will just preface this with the most simple of statements. I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Hey, on Anthony clip Brown. It, somebody clip it. Somebody archive somebody that. That'll be the it. only time he will admit this. So hey, cherish this. Hey, I mean, you know, I've gone on Mark Rogers show talking about it. I've tweeted about it multiple times. Somebody was told me you got to be, if you're wrong, got to be just as loud when you're wrong as when you were, when you were bashing them. So, Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do that. I've I've went on everywhere I can, you know, trying to trying to be like, okay, I was I was Kudos, wrong. Mike. I took an L. Yeah. Anthony Brown played great. I don't know. Oof. I don't know how well you how like closely you watched the game. 
Yeah. I was, I was actually sitting in the stands at uh, the Nebraska game, like before it started watching it. So, uh, okay. So one of the main things I mentioned this on Mark's show that was surprised me is his pocket presence and his footwork in the pocket is beautiful. He looked so just crisp. He stepped up in front uh, of the right, the guy rushing off the right side, stepped back against the guy coming off the left, threw it to on a, on a corner route. It was, it was beautiful. He didn't he didn't have to do a whole lot and he's still not the most, you know, magnificent passer of the ball, but he's making the right decisions. He's making mm-hmm. the right reads. He's not trying to do too much and he's playing within himself. He knows what he can and can't do and he knows his limitations and he played as great a game as we could have expected out of him, way better than I would have ever expected out of him. And he proved me wrong. He proved a lot of people wrong because I wasn't the only yeah. one saying it. I was just the only one getting quote tweeted by the entire football team. Yeah, um, <laughs> that'll happen. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he proved me wrong. He played great. Anthony Brown is QB1 for this season. And yeah. then hopefully he helps mentor and we figure out which of the three QBs will end up being the quarterback next year. Anthony mm-hmm. Brown's playing great. Can't wait to see where he takes us after he helped us beat Ohio State, something that hadn't been done by Marcus Mariota or any other quarterbacks at Oregon. We've had a long list of great quarterbacks. None of them mm-hmm. have beaten Ohio State, and Anthony Brown was the one to do that. Uh, so quick. Go ahead. Quick question for you. If Anthony Brown keeps this up, is he in the Heisman conversation? Is he in that like top you know, four conversation? Let me just double check his stats, but I'm pretty sure the answer is no. Okay. <clears throat> I don't I'm know, man. I mean, with the, with the Heisman, especially, I feel like if your team can get some momentum and you get more eyes on your starting quarterback, like Oregon has already done, considering the fact they went into Columbus and beat okay. Ohio State. He, his like, stats are better than I thought. 17 for 35, 236 yards, two touchdowns with 65 yards rushing. That's pretty solid. So what, about 300 total yards and two touchdowns? I mean, that's not bad with no picks. He's not going to turn the ball over a lot. No matter mm-hmm. who he's playing, he's not going to turn the ball over a lot. If he could keep that level sure. of production up, I could see it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, if C.J. Verdell keeps that level of production up, they're going to steal votes from each other. Yeah, C.J. Verdell ball. He looked out. really good, too. I yeah. told you, that backfield, man, that backfield was going to be key, keeping I'm, those guys healthy. Man, I'm Sean Dollar still needs to come back. Uh, yeah. C.J. Verdell <laughs> played a great game. But the issue yeah. with C.J. Verdell hasn't been his talent level. It's been consistency and him being able to string multiple of those games together. He hasn't been able to do that. For sure. And that's why having a dollars would be huge. Obviously, everybody played well. They played great in the game against Ohio State. We won. Uh, I thought we controlled that game. I thought that game was never in doubt, really. Like, watching the game, it's like, okay, at the end of the game, it's like, oh, is this where Ohio State does what Ohio State does and, you know, comes back after falling behind? But never really was like, fuck, we're going to lose this game. And Mm -hmm. I think even as somebody just watching the scoreboard like you would have been, did, like, would you have ever assumed that Oregon wasn't going to win that game after the first half? I, it would have taken a lot. <laughs> it was, it was it a was, great game. It was good. It Oregon was good. played great, and I did get hear one thing on Twitter that kind of does make sense, which, which is that uh, Oregon always plays up to the top competition. So when they played Auburn, like under Mario Cristobal, when they played yeah. Auburn, they played up to Auburn. And they go play Arizona State, and they play down to Arizona State. So I'm hoping that's not the case this year. I'm hoping yeah. it's not a you play to the level of your opponents. I hope this is a consistent play. If it is, this team could very well go 12-0. I mean, especially with a very competitive Pac-12 this year, especially looking at the South, all we those games that, with those teams. <laughs> we say that, and then how the season started, now it just looks yeah. like Oregon-UCLA. Yeah. 
Washington that UCLA really pick, dude. Uh, that UCLA pick by both of us. Yeah, true. We're we're truthers right now, UCLA truthers, and it's paying dividends. We look really good right now. So we both look really us. bad about Washington. Yeah. Well, at least you're not the the fifth quarter face of Husky football, <laughs> so you don't have to deal with that directly. But <laughs> I cannot tell you how many posts I've been tagged in by fifth quarter in college football home in the past two weeks. It is <laughs> agonizing. <laughs> uh, now you know how I feel after that Arizona State game. <laughs> true. Yeah. I got tagged in so much. So yeah. let's talk about Washington. Okay. I'm game. What else is new? I mean, Even it's part if of the you podcast. win this game against yep. Arkansas State and say you bounce back to have a decent season, I don't mm-hmm. think you expect to win even nine games at this point. Do you? I It would be a stretch unless we just go out and stomp Arkansas you, State by like 30 plus. If you play well for the rest of the season, I feel like the peak would be eight. Yeah. I I mean, technically speaking, we could still win 10 games. Do I think that's going to happen at this rate, the way the team's played? No, I don't think that's going to happen. With what you've realistic. seen so far, what do you think your odds of beating Oregon are? Oh, well, considering from last week what we have to go off of, I'm not too confident. But also you mentioned, you know, Oregon playing up and down if they keep that trend up. Yes, that's like that could actually keep the game close. And, you know, rivalry like that game has gone back and forth the past five years. Like anything could happen in that situation. But if I have to go off of what I saw this past weekend, I'm not liking it. I'm really not. So with Washington having say they say they do, you know, they perform not well, but they perform. Okay. So say they win six, seven games, they make a bowl game, you know, maybe they win that bowl game against, uh, against a, what a, a San Diego state, a Fresno state, if you will. Yeah. Uh, uh, say they do that. What does that mean for the state of the program? Because you've been whiffing on recruits already. That's with winning the Pac-12 North, you are missing on recruits in your own territory. You're missing yeah. on recruits. Again, sometimes inferior teams are beating you out for recruits. Mm-hmm. And one of the worst things I think you would say as a Husky fan is that you're losing out on recruits to Oregon just offering them. Mm-hmm. And with, with almost no push after immediately after the offer, you're losing guys like three or four guys now, is it? Well, I mean, Ben after... Roberts was the most recent one, right? Mm-hmm. And then so... you have the two did it at the same time. So, yep. I mean, it's it's a major issue. And what do you think, as of what you've seen this season, like what is the state of this program if you have to like try and break that down and like, you know, look on the bright side and the dark side a little bit? Like what what's going on with the Washington Huskies football program? The bright side is if you you win six or seven games, I think that that's still a respectable season, not up to the standards that you set, but considering how the season started, that's not a terrible finish to the season. I think you get guys doing good things. I think you, you've you seen what Dylan Morris is able to do. He had a pretty good game against Michigan. Um, I think had like almost 300 yards completed over half his passes. Like had a pretty good day. Um, Kate Otten and Morris couple... look really good, but the rest of your offense looks terrible. Yeah, and it's just, I I don't even know, dude. It's crazy. Like, and there are people screaming, it's still a more start Heward, all this. And like, you know, I'm open to Heward playing. Like, that'd be awesome for him to get in some game time. But Dylan Morris isn't the problem. This if you have guys putting up thing. Yeah, if you have guys putting up stats like that and you can only score 10 points against Michigan, like that mind. is 10 times. That's a problem. Yeah, like and you can talk about the defense all you want. Our pass defense is elite. Our run defense, defense is, is terrible. It's 
here's what I'll say about that. It's solid, but Michigan didn't feel pressured like they had to score. Like they didn't have to score right away. They had able hold, to stick with hold. the run. They were able to stick with the run. They were able to figure out what worked because they knew most of the time Washington wasn't going to be able to respond back. They were able to make adjustments mid-game, make adjustments at halftime, take their time with it, figured out what worked and what didn't work, and then they were just able to to plug away at what at what was working. I think it were exactly struggling today, Matt. Yeah, dude, I'm just all so, over the place. It's been a long week. With that said. Does that not mean that Oregon would be one of your least favorable matchups left on your schedule? They, especially with how they performed against Ohio State, running the ball was how they beat Ohio State. Stopping the run was how they beat Ohio State. Yeah. And we've seen from your offensive line and your wide receivers, you're not stretching mm-hmm. the ball downfield very well, especially if Kayvon's healthy. There's no yeah. chance if Kayvon's healthy. So it's <laughs> what what is say they played right now? What is Washington's recipe to beat Oregon? They just gotta hope Oregon plays terribly. They gotta they gotta hope Oregon plays down to their level and you gotta hope that the O line shows up and they're able to get something going on the ground on offense. Cause you can throw together these pass concepts all you want. You can make, you know, have big players make big plays. It's college football. It happens all the time, even on the worst teams in college football. Like it'll still happen. You gotta get a game plan together. You gotta have your O line show up. You have to have John, John Donovan make Fire. a cohesive oh. game plan. Because I know for a fact that administration is not going to fire those coaches if they have a six or six or seven or five season. I guess that loops back around to your question about the state of the program. If you have a decent season like that, that might be enough for the administration to say, okay, they've won some games. Let's keep them around. And then you slip into the problem of Washington being a six or seven win team for the next few years, not taking that step back up to elite where they clearly would like to be. So... Did I get off track? Did I answer your question? No, you answered you okay. answered every okay. bit of the question I wanted to answer. <laughs> so with that said, do you think now I know it's already been in a bad spot. Yeah. Do you think recruiting gets better or worse? I just have a hard time seeing it get better unless you can um land some of those 23 guys. Um like what's his name? Is it Wayne? Mm-hmm. From uh, Lincoln High School in Washington, he's but a five star. It's not looking great either. It's not. No, it's not looking great. He's getting looks from all over the place. I think if you, you can guys land guys, like, as of from what I've heard, I'd like fourth for him. Yeah, that's kind of what it seems like. Just from looking around, I haven't followed his recruitment very closely. I know that like UW's pushed very heavily, being the hometown Oregon team for him, and like, too. yeah, it's just. You got to land those big time recruits because if not, if you're a six, seven win team, you're going to stick around that 30, 40th place for recruiting. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. Like, unless you're LSU. Yeah. Maybe you can like, win six games and land a top 10 class every year. <laughs> exactly. And I just, I hate to say it, but this team either needs to turn crap around starting this week and get to a nine, claw their way to an eight, nine, 10 win season. Because if you stay at that six, seven win season, you're you going to fall into a pit of mediocrity. That staff is going to stay way longer than they should at this point. And you're not going to get anything accomplished in the next five years. And it doesn't help that uh, your biggest recruiting rival just beat Ohio State on a national stage in front of 7.7 million viewers. Mm-hmm. And you had the chance to step up and do the same thing against one of the biggest brands in college football. And you, you know, showed up flat. Late an so. A. Yeah, and that that matchup 
nationally wise was viewed as you know the a teams of the pac-12 and big 10 and the b teams of the pac-12 and big 10 whether whether going into the season washington fans thought they were better than oregon or not nationally ohio state washington or oregon was viewed as the a teams michigan washington mm-hmm. was viewed as the b team and it was going to be a good marker to see where the team nationally were at. yeah for sure yeah. And the fact that Washington just fell completely flat on their face and Oregon controlled every aspect of that game just Mm -hmm. makes it look really bad when it comes to recruiting players. Because not a lot of these players follow college football that heavily. They'll watch those huge marquee games, but that's all Mm -hmm. they're really watching. They're not watching you play Arkansas State. Yeah, it should be noted that like four big-time Washington recruits in the upcoming classes were on Michigan visits at that game. That is not a good look. Guess who was there? Josh Connerly was there at the game. And he's that is not a considering good look. Michigan. Yeah. Like it's it's not good. It's not good. And I hope that this administration and staff realizes it's not good. Did you see but I don't know Oregon, if they will in time. Did you see what that Oregon safety did after the Oregon Ohio State game? No. He ran up to the recruits and said, You want to come play for a real team? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I love when players do that after beating a team. I love that. Mm -hmm. I remember LSU did that uh, when they beat Alabama a couple years ago. Did you see how chippy that Oregon-Ohio State game was? Olave and Michael were like bumping heads, like literally after the play, bumping heads the entire game. Dude, I love it. Did you see see Michael's Instagram post? No. Oh, it's him barking at Olave. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I it's, love the competition, man. I love I it. I loved it. It's so Some people good. were hating it. I was like, "This is amazing." I love it's football, this. man. People are going to be passionate. Like, and they were like, uh, they were like, "Fuck Olave!" After that, I was like, "Bro, what?" I like Olave more after that. Yeah. And can you blame? Okay, so you're a Washington fan. Mm-hmm. Say you were a quality enough player to go D one. You go to uh, you go to Michigan. Okay. You wanted to play for Washington. Washington never offered you. Michigan did. You go to Michigan. You're going to go play Washington. You're going to be kind of pissed off they never offered you. Oh, yeah. Same thing with Olave. Olave grew up a Duck fan, wanted to play for Oregon. Never got the Never got to play for Oregon. Mm -hmm. And he was. you remember seeing that story. Olave has never played like that. He's never wanted to get up in people's faces. He's never wanted to get emotional. He was mad. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing that fire too, and yeah. it also shows you at the same time how much being an Oregon fan meant to him. Yeah, he didn't get sure. that offer. He's pissed. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a bunch of other players like that. We talked with uh, we talked with uh, Mark Rogers about it. Tuataga Viola, uh, Mackenzie Milton. There's so many guys who just yeah. didn't get them. It's, it happens for every school, but a lot of the most prominent, sadly, a lot of the most prominent names in college football over the last few years grew up Oregon fans, and Oregon never offered them. Thanks, Mark Helfrich. Also, shout out Florida State because now the attention is not on UW and it is on Florida State after that uh, Hail Mary that they gave up at the end of the game against Jackson State. Jacksonville, Jacksonville State's pretty State. good too, though, right? Uh, yeah, but I mean... I'm saying the quality of loss is about the same as Montana. Yeah, probably. Dude, I was watching that live with my friends. That that was crazy. See, but Florida State also has the argument that they almost beat Notre Dame. Yeah, it's it's very like y'all got blown out by here, here. Michigan and lost. Yeah. Florida State has a quality loss and a not quality loss. Washington has two as a very not quality loss and a not yeah, quality loss. Quality loss, yeah. <laughs> so you know, Washington might be the best zero and two team in the country. Well, no, they're probably not. Florida State's better than them. You think so? I think Florida State would beat you right now. Yes. Yeah. Because Mackenzie Milton's playing quarterback. They look completely different with Mackenzie Milton versus Jordan Travis. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't know. know how, I just how heavy you've watched them, but it's I, not I even that Mackenzie Milton plays great. It's that team seems to rally around Mackenzie Milton. True, they had amazing. I watched that Notre Dame game they played too. That energy when around that team came was crazy. In, it was crazy. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's if Mackenzie Milton's playing, I think they beat Washington seven out of ten times. Now, if Jordan Travis is playing, 50-50. I think it's like five five. I'd give it at least fifty fifty. So, what do you think it is with Travis? You guys winning seven? Yeah, seven See, or eight. Uh, I think it's I think it's vice versa. They win seven or eight with McKenzie, and it's fifty fifty with Travis. See, I'm a I'm a homer though. Yeah, my homer side has to come out every once in a while because well, I'm pretty pessimistic in the first place. My thought so. is both teams have a really good X's and O's head coach, mm-hmm. Mike Norville and Jimmy Lake, both really good X's and O's head coaches. Florida State's more talented. Yeah. And I I don't know that many of your I I think their coordinators are better than yours by default. Well, anybody's better than John Donovan. So that's you know I remember very... our first episode when I said John Donovan was terrible, and you said he's not that bad. He'll be okay at Washington. Blah, 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 hey, blah. I did I didn't say he'd be great. I said he'd be okay. But now I have been proven wrong. Blah, blah, that blah, is blah. that is me go. That is me admitting I am wrong. <laughs> Granted, it wasn't quite to the scale of your Anthony Brown episode, but well, that's because like you you don't put yourself out there that much. No, I don't. You're right. I will put myself all the way out there. I do not care. I am ready. Like for I said, man, smoke. we're we're yin and yang out here. It works. It, it, it works. It works. It really works. <laughs> so, with that said, do you have any interesting storylines in general college football you're going to be watching? We are trying to keep this episode shorter, so we might not have too much more to talk about. But do you have any interesting storylines you're watching? Other than apparently you're watching Anthony Brown for Heisman. <laughs> well, I don't know if he keeps it up. Like people throw his hat in the ring, like throw his name in the conversation. CJ so. Verdell went from not on the betting odds to twelfth. Did he really? Hmm. Solid. Also, uh, big headline: uh, Washington related still, but Washington is uh, minus sixteen point five over Arkansas State. I yeah, think that is. I think y'all are extremely winning, generous. I would not take that bet. <laughs> So I just find that very interesting when the team hasn't even put 17 points on the board yet this season, but we'll see. Um, As far as anything else in college football, I don't know. Uh, My football team travels down to Fremont, Nebraska this weekend to play a really good Midland university team that squeaked into the top 25. So that should be interesting. In the top 25 of what? uh, NAI. NAI. Yeah. Hmm. So we'll see. I'll report back to you next week. Yeah. Well, Let's all root for Matt. Let's none of us root for the Huskies. But I want to thank you all for watching this episode of the Ducks and Dogs podcast powered by Anchor. Check out the sponsor at the beginning and the middle of our shows. And we want to thank you guys for tuning in every week and all the support you've shown the show. And this is BS signing off. See you guys.